Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. Uh, There is much written, there are several organizations even that are about Proverbs 31. Uh, Many challenging books are written about, are you a Proverbs 31 woman? But if you look at what most of those are dealing with, uh, most of that is about verses 10 through 31. But that's not what our message is about, because there is another Proverbs 31 woman mentioned in this chapter. Not only this uh, ideal, excellent wife and woman and mother that we find in 10 through 31, but there is another mother that is mentioned who somehow or another just doesn't get as much press as uh, the woman mentioned in 10 through 31 does, but yet is part of God's inspired word. So we're picking it up. Proverbs 31, verse 1, reading 1 through 9. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my vows? Do not give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Is it not for kings, O Lemuel? Is it not for kings to drink wine or for... It is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and pervert the rights of all the afflicted. Give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress." Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and the needy. Let's fire the reading of God's word this morning. Let's ask for his blessing. Father, as we have heard your word, may we now receive that word in its full and complete truth upon this day. May it, Father, be inscribed upon our hearts and upon our lives for the glory of Christ, in whose name we pray and God's people say, Amen. It is true, is it not, that outside of Adam and Eve, every human being, including Christ, has an earthly mother. And, except for Adam and Eve and Christ, have an earthly father. It is one of the most common relationships, perhaps the most common relationship that all of us as human beings experience. Having a father, having a mother. And in that, we are reminded then of these instructions. These words that come to us from a mother to her son. Words, Father, that words that we as God's people need to take seriously and listen to. So we'll look at this under three headings. First of all, the writer, who is King Lemuel. Secondly, who is the author of? 
of this particular section of Scripture, but that which is of great importance is what is this content? What is she talking about in this particular passage? Who is the writer? Well, he's identified in the passage that these are the words of King Lemuel. Who is that? We have no clue. Now, we, there, there are writers who have suspicions. There are writers who, who think uh, who is being identified here. But what we do know is this. The name Lemuel means from God or belonging to God. So whoever this was, the mother who has named this son believes that this child is of God and belongs to God. For that's what the name means. Now, some believe that this is Solomon. And they believe that because in in 2 Samuel, Solomon goes by another name, his given name, which is Jedidiah. Jedidiah has the same meaning as Lemuel. Belonging to God or of God. So some commentators step back and say, well, if Solomon's other name is Jedidiah, meaning of God or belonging to God, and that's what Lemuel means, well then maybe they're the same. Maybe. (laughs) But that's a big maybe. Other commentators believe that uh, it represents Hezekiah. Uh, as a godly king who we know had a very godly mother as well. But that's another maybe. We just don't know. And God has seen fit not to tell us. He doesn't give us any description other than the fact here is a man, he obviously is king. King where? We don't know. Some translations use, uh, change it around a little bit, the the grammar, the punctuation, and come up with that he's king of Massa, which is supposedly some place in the Middle East. But God has not seen fit to do that. He just tells us these are the words, this is who wrote this particular passage. A man by the name of King Lemuel who is of God who belongs to God. But, interesting, isn't it? Although he is the writer of it, there is a sense in which we'd say, he's not the author, is he? Now, on two levels. First of all, we know he's he's not the author in the sense of the ultimate source. We know who the ultimate source is. At least I would hope we know. We know it's the Holy Spirit, right? All Scripture is God-breathed. These nine verses of Proverbs 31 are Scripture. They are as much as Scripture as Romans chapter 8, as John 3, 16, as Genesis 1, as Ephesians 1 and 2. They are as much God-breathed through the Holy Spirit as any other passage of Scripture is. There isn't passages that are more inspired and passages that are less inspired. The Holy Spirit inspired all Scripture. Even as Peter reminds us as well in that passage from Peter that no one wrote, no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, but are carried along by the Holy Spirit. 
So these are the words of the Holy Spirit to us. But it seems that we, we have an interesting thing happening here, right? King Lemuel is writing down words that were given and came to him from his mother. It would appear then that the mother would have been the one who is inspired as much as Lemuel is inspired. But who is the mother? Once again, we don't know. If it's Solomon, then these words are coming to us from Bathsheba, which kind of makes this all very interesting, if it were. But we don't know that. Because that's not the important part. The important part is not the who. The important part is how God, through the Spirit, identified her. There is one word that God uses to identify her. Not her name, but her position. The mother. An oracle that his mother taught him. This woman, this mother of King Lemuel, in some way, in some form, in some fashion, taught him what we find in verses 2 through 9. That teaching of that mother is what finds its way now through God's work, through all sorts of, of providential means, finds its way into the book of Proverbs, into the scriptures that the church has confessed down through the ages to be the word of God. The words of a mother. We know biblically that the role of a king mother is very important. The king, the, the queen mother, excuse me, the queen mother, the mother of the king, actually takes on a more important role than the wife of the king does. Uh, those men who are in our Thursday morning Bible study as we've been going through this, okay, we, we constantly come back. It's not whose wife was. The scriptures keep coming back to whose mother was, whose mother was, whose mother was. Well, here we have a king's mother. Here we have one of those queen mothers who is giving instruction now to her son. And that is what God now lays before us. This instruction, godly instruction from the mother of the king found upon the pages of Scripture. We'll divide then the teaching that we find here from this queen mother into three points and then some application at the end. First of all, the questions. The questions. It's kind of interesting when you read through the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is actually sort of a manual for parents. Proverbs uh, 1.8 begins with, my son, listen, listen to your father's instructions. Don't neglect either what your mother tells you. 
And, and basically the whole book is an instruction manual for parents, for fathers and for mothers to teach their children practical, applied truth of Scripture. Might be good for those of you as parents to, to, to perhaps take a chapter a day and read through it and think about it and reflect, how, how do I instruct my child according to this truth as we find it? Here, as the book began with a father's words to his son, the book closes with a mother's words to her son. And listen to the beginning questions, repeated three times. In, in, in Hebrew, it, that, that means there's special emphasis, right? Okay, that, that this is really being emphasized, this question of what are you doing? Okay, I've heard that too many times in my life. Okay, what are you doing? Robert, what are you doing? Right, what was the point of that? What was the point of, my mother saying, what are you doing? The point was to get me to stop and think. The point was, I don't know, what am I doing? Let me think a minute. Let me pause. Let me reflect upon this. This repeated, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? How are you living your life? What are the actions that are involved? She is raising concern. Raising concern over how Lemuel is living. How he is acting. Is it because she already senses he's on the wrong direction? He is on the wrong path? Interesting, isn't it, if this is Solomon, if that's who Lemuel is, and the one instructing here is Bathsheba, does she already see, as, as he is growing up, that which is going to be his Achilles heel? Does she already see that which is going to entangle him? Does she already sense? <laughs> I think mothers do. I think mothers have a sense about their children that most of us as dads are pretty oblivious to. We, you as mothers, see into, as it were, the heart, the soul, the mind of your child in a way that we as dads don't. There is a, in a sense, a, a, a sensitivity to character that we miss out on. We kind of look at, I, I, I think a way to deal with this, and I don't want to be overgeneralization, but I, I think it's probably true that we as dads tend to look at the external, right? We look at the product. We look at that which is happening, right? We look at, you mowed the lawn crooked. Now get out there and fix it. A mom looks at it and says, why did you mow the lawn crooked? What is going on in you, right, that made you think of, of mowing the lawn in such a crooked way? How, how did that come about, right? We just want it fixed, Dad. Mom wants to know the cause. There is that insight. See, that's what's going on. What are you doing? 
This is the mother peering into, as it were, the soul of her child and bringing into question their actions, bringing into question their speech, bringing into question their conduct because there is a concern there. There is a concern as to how this King Lemuel, at whatever stage of life he is at when he received this oracle from her, is living life. It's one of, I guess in a sense, it's the duty and responsibility of all of us as parents, fathers and mothers as well. But I think it's the gift, one of the gifts that you have been given. And there is a call there to exercise that gift. To look into the soul, as it were, of your children. And to correct what you already see as the wrong direction. That the heart is taking your child. But then she issues two warnings, right? Three, four, and five are the two warnings. One warning is this. Be careful of women. Don't give your strength to women, your ways to those who destroy kings. Don't let, Lemuel, your lust control your decision making. Now just think about that advice. Think about it in the context of the day and age in which we live. Think about it in the context of the broader world of which we are a part. How many politicians should not have heeded the advice of King Lemuel's mother? Their career tanked. We actually might be watching one implode before our very eyes. How many ministers, ministries, ended up in nothingness because they refused to listen to Lemuel's mother. How many fathers have ruined their family because they did not listen? How many businessmen have lost the entire business that they have worked for all their life, their fathers, their grandfathers have worked for, and it's gone because of the failure of men, sons, not to listen to the wisdom of Lemuel's mother. Do not give your strength to women and your ways to those who destroy king. Don't let your lust, that's the broader teaching, right? Don't let your lust take you. See, in, in this day and age of Proverbs 31, in that context, the accumulation of wives, the accumulation of concubines by a king was seen as power and strength. Hence, you have the story, right, of when David's on the run, Absalom takes David's 10 concubines and sleeps with them openly on the roof, okay, to say, look, I'm in charge now, David's gone. 
I'm now the power. I'm now the strength. But we also know, do we not, even from the story of Solomon itself, how those accumulation of wives, how those accumulations of concubines brought down Solomon from his position. And so too with other lust of the flesh. King Lemuel's mother knows otherwise. See, it's not the wisdom of the world. It's the wisdom of the Lord. It's godly wisdom that she is dispensing. So she sees some shortcoming. She sees a wavering. She sees a heart that is not right in its passions. It is out of sorts. It is out of balance. And she addresses, she seeks to correct that out of balance. But there is a second warning, isn't there? It is not for kings, reading it correctly this time, it is not for kings, O Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to take strong drink. Why? Because then they lose their sense of reason. They lose the sense of perspective. This is about self-control. The one warning is about lust. This is about self-control. Keep your mind, keep your wits about you. Don't become so intoxicated that you lose the perspective that you need to have, thereby perverting justice thereby lacking sense, thereby not thinking clearly. Keep your finger here. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 5. We, would, we hear this again from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 22. Woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink who acquit the guilty for a bribe and deprive the innocent of his right. See, you lose justice. You lose that balance. You, you can't make a correct judgment when you're drunk. You can't drive your vehicle correctly when you're drunk. As a king, you can't make right and wrong decisions correctly when your perspective is all wrong. That's what she's warning about. Maintain your self-control. What do we as dads do? <laughs> when our children begin to act up, we generally have one way of dealing with it. And it involves some sort of pain. We'll just leave it at that. But moms, King Lemuel's mother, sees that this is an issue of the heart, this lack 
of self-control. And it's the heart that needs to be addressed. What are you doing, my son? What are you doing? What are you doing? Are you giving yourself away to ungodly lust and passion? Are you losing self-control? I'm warning you. It's not the way to live. But then she presents, not two warnings, but, but two, I, you could call them commands, you could call them wise advice, you could call them wisdom, however you want to address that. She, she presents to him two things. She says, first of all, you ought to be concerned. There is a group of people that ought to have your perspective, that, that you ought to be taking in. You ought to be watching over those, for example, who are in bitter distress, those who are perishing. To them, to them give the wine. To them give the strong drink. Now, you and I today go, wait wait a minute here. Is she advocating drinking? Yes, she is, but... We have to understand that what she is advocating and to whom she is advocating it, it's coming as medicine. It's coming as in that purpose. It's not coming for the purpose of of getting inebriated and getting drunk and, and, and losing perspective. It is more, you know, cowboy, I gotta take that bullet out of you, right? You're probably gonna need this to deal with the pain. It's that perspective of of that medicinal aspect. Paul himself tells us that in the New Testament. You might have to take a little wine now and then to deal with your stomach ailment. Why? That was the medicine of the day. But I I think the greater point that she is making to him is, you got to be seeing, you've got to have your eyes open, son. You've got to be looking at the world around you. You've got to be seeing the world. And you've got to be seeing those that you are ruling over. You've got to be looking at your citizens. You need to have a perspective of realizing that there are people who are perishing. You have to realize that there are people who are in bitter distress. You need to realize, verse 7, that there are people in poverty. You need to realize that there are people in misery. Don't you think a little bit of King Lemuel's mother's wise oracle is needed today? Don't you think there are some leaders who need to hear this advice? Open your eyes. See the pain. See the hurt. See the deep wounds. Don't pass that off. Be sensitive. Be alert to it. Don't be so absorbed with your own power. Don't be so absorbed with your own lust for power that you fail to see the needs of those that you rule over. Be looking. Be looking, my son. For the hurting. Be looking for those 
who are in need. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2, verse 4. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Lemuel's mother instructed her son to always be looking out for others. Their needs, their hurts, their pain. If this is Solomon, he certainly didn't listen, did he? And sadly, there are so many, so many children as well who do not listen to the words of their godly mother. The need of others to know Christ. The need of others to know truth. The need of others to be shown compassion are all Christ-like things. This is what the wise Holy Spirit used woman of Proverbs 31 is doing. She's being a mother who says, look. Look for others. Open your mouth, verse 8, for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth. Judge righteously. Defend the rights of the poor. Don't just see. Don't just look. Act. What does James tell us in the book of James? That true religion is this? That we offer great prayers to the Lord. That we memorize huge sections of Scripture. That we practice all these things of piety. That we give great sums of money for causes. No. What is true religion? To look after the widow and orphan. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. To look after those who cannot defend themselves. To open your mouth. To speak for those who cannot speak. To be their advocate. To be their warrior. To be the brave leader that this world needs to have. See, the wise mother, when she finds out that somebody in class is the one who is being picked on and somebody is being laughed at and somebody is being abused, the wise mother is the one who takes her child aside and says, now listen, this is your responsibility. This is what I expect from you. I don't care why. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care how many friends you think you're going to lose over this. You need to stand up and defend that person. You do not let that happen. It's sad how few people stand up 
today. And I don't think that's necessarily because mothers haven't given the advice. I think it's because we have not listened to our mothers. We may do a lot of observing, we may do a lot of complaining, but I'm not so sure we do a lot of opening our mouths. If we did, Fulton Street wouldn't be able to handle the people standing there in front of that abortion clinic. We complain and complain and complain. How many people actually sent a letter to the governor and said, close the clinics? Well, we'll complain about it, but what do we do? What do we do? Lemuel's mother said, you need to open your mouth. You need to speak up. You need to take action. You need to do that which is right to defend the cause of the poor, of those who cannot speak up for themselves. And who is it in our world and in our society who more than any other group cannot speak up for themselves? It's the child in a womb. It has no voice. But folks, that's only one category, isn't it? There's lots, there's lots. See, this is the call to the church. This is the call. You know why? Because this is what Christ did. Christ opened his mouth. Christ saw the sheep without a shepherd and had a compassion upon them. And what did he do? He gave his life. What should the church be doing? should be listening to the words that the Holy Spirit gave to this mother. Probably words that your mother gave you. Probably words that you as mothers here are seeking to teach your children. Exodus 20, honor your father and mother. Deuteronomy 5, honor your father and mother. Ephesians, obey your parents. Colossians, honor, obey your parents. The call of this day, the call of God's word, the call of the mother of Lemuel is the call that comes to each one of us today. It's the call of God upon your life and my life. Live As Christ would live in this world, in this day, and in this age. Listen, my son, to your mother's instruction. And God's people say, Amen.